Ah, well, here we are. Um, part six of the audio journey of the Hollywood Hills Trilogy, volume three, Dark Lights and Bright Shadows. Um, as always, it will be narrated by yours truly, Aaron Lelux, um, who is also the author of the Hollywood Hills Trilogy. Um, I just want to say a little something about the soundtrack for this this uh, this part for part six. It's a uh, it's by Charles the First, and it's basically his whole final album. Um, and I say final album because it was the last album he made before he passed away, um, like so many of the great artists do. So, yeah, he was a friend and a collaborator and a you know, a wonderful person on every level. And um, part six is dedicated to him. And hope you enjoy his music um, as much as you enjoy my words. So uh, I think without further ado, we're just going to get started with number 41. Still so emo. I'm too old to be so emo. I know I'm often overly emotional, but fuck it. I'm not hiding my emotions for those I don't know. I mean, I still feel things, so I still start sentences with I feel. I feel like I still feel, so what? Sue me, I'm still human. Yeah, I know, most of the world has lost its light, become emotionless clones and devotionless drones, but what about you, fam? You still feel? I feel like you might. I still feel, and no, I'm not going to apologize for being human, not going to apologize for not apologizing either, all right? I mean, yeah, I know most of humanity's gone emotionally blind, but like Bill, I've never been one to go quietly into the night. So I'm not going anywhere anonymously without a fight. And I'm not embarrassed by my empathy, so I'm not going to hide. Plus, it's not like I'm as bald as that fat old ball guy at the club in a polo shirt, plaid shorts, and a ball cap that reads Pug Life, hairy chest and a couple of cliche sailor tattoos on his arm, sipping an over-iced matai, say, yeah, you know the type. That type's not me. I don't even go to clubs, so you know what? I'm definitely not even going to try and hide what goes on inside. Defiantly, I will display all my sensitivities indiscriminately. This chaotic inner orchestra plays inside my mind at all times can barely keep calm in public fuck it the whole world's on fire and i see it all from my house on the summit's hidden hillside in my love nest with a bohemian waxwing bohemian waxing just above sunset tucked in the summit off moholland drive zoning in the clear we've got our own thing going on up here so why would we care what's going on outside and if we are forced to vacate from wildfires, you better believe we won't leave without making a scene and putting up a fight. Took a ticket to ride. Got motion sickness, think I might vomit. Hey, Jew, don't mean to be rude, but if I'm being honest, the Beatles are all smoked roaches and I'm getting nauseous, sick of the nonsense. I think I'll just go off and start a nonprofit. Stop it. Hope I didn't offend you with anything I wrote. It's just I'm frigid as an arctic foxes, standoffish as a mama rhinoceros, overly cautious as a Pinocchio frog is, guarded as a hedgehog, awkward as a bomb sloth is when riding bareback on Sonic. But somehow, 
still finding the courage through all of it to express myself. As an artist, I'll bet ones that's overly over emotional, even though I know I'm too old to be emo and so overly emotional, but fuck it. I'm not hiding my emotions anymore for those I don't know. I mean, I still feel things. So I still start sentences with, I feel. I feel like I still feel, so what? Sue me, I'm still human still. What about you, fam? You still feel as well? I mean, I feel like you might, even if you're too old to be emo as well, and also often overly emotional. Stay human. Shout out to Michael Bronte. For sure, it's all real. And fuck it. Stop hiding your emotions for those you don't know. You still feel things. So you also still start sentences with I feel. And there's no age cap on emotions, so no, neither one of us are too old to be emo. So it's okay. Let's give us permission to be overly emotional. Let's stop hiding our emotions, especially for those that we don't even know. Let's still feel things. Let's still start our sentences with I feel. I feel like you still feel things. And I feel like you still have feelings. For real. Forty-two. Still running. She's still running, so I shouldn't be startled that when I offer her my home as a place to relax, rest, decompress, and unpack that she doesn't even stay long enough to hang up her clothes. Though there's barely enough room in my closet anyways with all those skeletons that wear no skin, just bones. I suppose we've all got to find our way one way or another on our own. I suppose not every place that we tend to lay our heads is always our home, in the zone. Can't answer my phone, I've silenced my ringtone in do not disturb mode, don't know where it all started or when it will all end, but what I do know is I am totally alone. She said that she'd just wanted a friend, someone she could feel comfortable enough to just chill with. But I betrayed her trust just like every man before me because I'm just a man in lust, so instead of just being a friend, I touched her like her drunk uncle did. I'm off it. I'm sick. Didn't go so far as attempt to put anything in, but I did cross an undefined line a bit when I got turned on after only holding on to her hand. Damn. Whatever happened to our grand plans? Damn. Whatever happened to those happily ever after style ends? Whatever happened to fully functional? Why do we have to all grow up so fucked up? So much so that when we're intimately touched, we throw up. When will we find a place where we can just heal and show love? Where we can feel comfortable enough to just be ourselves where we don't have to be overly defensive and tough? Don't want her to have to feel falsely guarded. So much so that she retracts back and snaps shut. Don't want me to have to feel so freaking awkward. Just because I find her attractive, take action and step up. Who will help you? 
who will help me, who will help us, provide enough guidance along the way to guide us so that we grow up properly and don't have to grow up fucked up. I'm torn up because I know what's up and why we act up. I know exactly how she feels to the fullest and then some because I was taken advantage of when I was young too and that's yuck. So I know exactly how bad she wants to her hurt to heal up. But you can't heal a wound if you don't open it up. But she's still too busy running from her past pain, taking cover in denial, covering up her cuts so they fester instead of vanish. And this is exactly why when I started to cry, she began to get scared and decided to take flight because she thought I was becoming exactly what she had feared the most, which is an unstable person that cannot offer her unwavering, stable support. So she left without closure, and I messaged her once I gained my composure. I uh, apologized for being so over-emotional and for not communicating with her clearly. I wrote her, I told her I'd do anything to see her again. I wrote her told her that I honestly missed her dearly. She wrote back much quicker than I thought she would, saying I could meet her at the airport if I wanted to, to say one last goodbye. But she asked me not to ask her to come back if I came to meet her at the airport, because she wasn't going to change her mind. So she told me not to ask her not even one more time. I immediately agreed. I asked her what time her flight was, 9.45 at LAX, which was exactly when and where my flight was. So we met at the airport and had a soul to soul before we both had to go. You know, the kind of heartwarming conversation with eye contact and all that that simply cannot be had on phones. And I apologized for not being the man then that I am now. And I told her that if she'd only come back and give me a second chance, I'd be willing to take that vow. But actually, let me correct that. I didn't go so far as to ask her to come back because she'd made me promise that I would not. So I just told her that I was a changed man and I was available. And I asked her about that, what she had thought. She shot a smile straight through my heart, and then she shared her thought. Aaron, we've only really known each other for a few days. To which I shot a smile back to her and replied, Well, when it comes to true love, what does time matter anyways? Anyways, that there really wasn't much else to say. So we said our farewells and both headed to our gates and I watched her disappear up the stairs. Then I went to check in for my flight because I too was ready to get out of there. And wouldn't you know it, in a not so simple twist of fate, turned out her flight and my flight were departing from exactly the same gate. 31A and 31B, this must be destiny. So there we were again with each other, just her and me, two cyclone cycles coming full circle. This is when she told me, as the salty water began to appear in the windows to her soul, how she'd been in this cycle of meeting and being with men her whole life that had made her feel unstable. 
and had been trying to escape the cycle for more than a while, ever since her drunk uncle, and that when I called her to invite her to California, she was relieved because she thought she'd finally found a place where she could feel comfortable. And it was right then and there that I caved because I knew that even though I'd improved and could finally provide the stability that she so badly craved, it was too late because she'd already made up her mind to scoot. She'd already gone away, doomed to repeat the same mistakes because she's not ever going to get rid of her issues until she quits running, sits confronting, and her issues are faced. She's not going to ever to be able to face her issues. Every time, instead of dealing with them, she just keeps running away. And I could have been the one to see her through. To be her truth, heal her, and she could have been the one to heal me too. But instead, I just become emotionally unstable, lust after her and push her away until she flies the coop. That hurts me worse than almost anything has ever because I realize I betrayed her trust in the worst way. How all she had needed was a true friend, a platonic lover, and all I had been was a chronic luster that she didn't love and couldn't behave. And then, after she said all she had to say, I watched her walk away for the third time in as many days. And even though to common folk she would have appeared to have been walking, we both knew that what she was really doing was running away. And she's still out there. And she's still running. She was before and she was after. So I shouldn't have been startled that when I offered her my home, as a place to relax, rest, decompress, and unpack, that she didn't even stay long enough to hang up her clothes. Oh well, I guess sometimes it's just the way it goes. Still running. Forty-three. Story of OJ, Sean Carter. Can't shed the skin you're in. Can't change the way you were born. Because all the money in the whole wide world can't change the color of the skin that's worn. Doesn't matter the quality of the clothes you wear. Doesn't matter if you try to blind them with all your shiny diamonds. You still can't escape yourself, no matter what. No ifs, ands, or buts. No fibs, dibs, or fronts. All lion of Zion, no lion. For real. I'll tell you the deal. All those bottles you use to medicate aren't gonna actually help you heal. All that time you spend in the club is time that gets stolen. Tell me this, how much have you spent on real gold which versus which, how much you've spent on bottles that are golden. How much time have you lost and at what cost? If you have a boss and he pays you a wage, you are still a slave. 
even if you are paid a lot, especially if that money you're paid is just used to fund drugs and guns and put yourself on display. Because if that's the case, then you're not paying for freedom. You're just paying to remain a slave. Literally throwing dollars away, one by one in a strip club, on girls with fake tits showing you fake love. You gotta know if you go broke, those hoes won't show up. Can't make up or take it back. What time that's wasted on basics and makeup. Bro, better grow up, sober up, go home and hug your mother. And while you're at home, you should probably buy something of real worth for your brother. When I say buy something of real worth, I'm not talking clothes. I'm not talking gold bottles. I'm talking real property and real gold. I'm talking about something that'll last. Something real like real estate that comes with a deed. Because money is nothing. It's just a bunch of paper. Unless you turn that money into something real like real property. Probably could have bought a house and put a roof over the heads of the whole hood. Instead of wasting that money in a dark club trying to hide from God with designer glasses on and a black hood. But you can't hide from God, nor can you hide from yourself no matter how thick the tent. You can't change your mind, sure. Well, you can change your mind, but you can't change the body you're in. Nor can you shed your skin, no matter how thick nor how thin. You can't change the way you were born. At least not this time around, because all the money in the world can't change the color of the skin that's currently worn. Where are you doing? Where are you going? What legacy are you leaving behind for motivating future generations into pursuing and growing? Seriously, what are you doing and where are you going? Do something that matters. Take actions that will actually last. So that when you're old and wrinkled, you can look back with satisfaction at the actions of your past. Because it's not how much money you make that matters. It's how much you can afford to give back. And that last line is important, so I'm going to repeat that fact. It's not how much money you make that matters. It's how much money you can afford to give back. Want to know what the difference between rich and wealthy is? Rich is only temporary while true wealth really lasts. True wealth bridges the generational gaps and assists in healing wounds inflicted from the past. What are you gonna to give to your kids? What legacy are you going to leave behind as signs on the path? A bunch of empty bottles and broken memories? A bunch of broken bottles and empty memories? Or books filled with knowledge whole priceless arts of works of art, bank accounts, and houses on acres of land with spring waters and fruit trees. I'll ask you one more time. As more of a warning than a question. What will you leave behind when you die? To live on as your living legacy. What do you want the tombstone to read on your grave when it's placed at the cemetery? What will it be that the future sees when they look back on this generation? That the descendants of slaves who are descendants of kings did nothing to help when they made it? Or that they helped fix the situation? Let me ask you this directly. What are you going to do to help fix this broken situation? Because you can't shed the skin you're currently in or change the way you were born but you can change the future's course.
and make a beneficial difference. Forty-four, strengthening. Who hurts you so bad that you haven't let yourself heal? And why the hell do you let them continue to hurt you? Why are you hiding in your shell? You are surely not a shellfish. Look, I have a present for you. Here, have this well wish. I wish you realized that you are stronger than any memory that you may have, that you are stronger than any person that's ever hurt you in the past, that you are stronger than the darkness that invaded your light or the shadows that have been cast. What a paradox you can be. One moment so outgoing, the next minute totally shut off. A fusing dialogue, not caring if you die at all. On a walk in a park after dark, communication shut down. Well, you know what, love? absolutely too resolute, resolute to let pessimistic letdowns let you down. I see you. I see your struggles. I see your strengths. I see that you are so close to having a life-altering epiphany. I see it even if you don't. I observe your uncomfortable angst. Let me propose this one question to you before I go metaphorically. Do you think a caterpillar knows as it grows inside a cocoon? and becomes claustrophobic and uncomfortable that it's about to metamorphosize into a beautiful butterfly? Do you? Think it sees that? I don't. See, you might not actually see you metamorphosizing, but I see you. I see that you are so close to having a life-altering epiphany of breaking totally free, but you know what? You don't have to break to be free after all. You are already free. You just have to realize it. And once you do, which you will, you will see that no one on this earth can hurt you. No one at all, not even you. Because you are a being of such outstanding strength and incredible beauty that you're just beginning to understand how strong and beautiful you truly are. So who cares about the past when you have such a brilliant future ahead? Who cares who hurt you so bad that you haven't healed? Because from now on, my dear sister, you are all good and you have your whole life ahead of you. So you will never, ever let anyone hurt you again, for real. Remember that. 45, stupid Cupid, love hurts. Yeah, love hurts, yeah. Cupid can be such a nefariously obnoxious bastard, especially when he shoots his arrow penetrating your defenses, hits his mark and stings your heart as it punctures. You're upset the hurt is intense, the effect affects for sure, but heck, even then it's better than this nonsense that's awkward. Huh. 
I am honest when I say that people fear love. I mean, what the fuck? It feels so backwards to even say, especially since there's nothing to fear in this entire world, especially not love. Not even death. I mean, I've seen death. It's nothing to be afraid of, especially when it's barely disguised as a desperate guy with a rusty gun to my temple acting desperate and mental. Metal bullets in the chamber, man full of anger and ultra high. Still nothing to be afraid of. That's why I wasn't scared. No, no danger at all. Fear after all is only relative. Most fears are made up of fake stuff. That's what nightmares are made of. No fake fears reside here, only real love. And love is what dreams are made of. No, Hillary Duff was in this scene though, just some jittery punk acting all macho. I told him, if you're gonna pull that trigger, then go for it. I'm not scared to go, I'm good with God, so it's your decision. I've still got love for you no matter what you choose to do. So just relax or blast away and spend the rest of your life in prison. With that, he looked at me perplexed. One moment away from death I was, he took a breath. Became more scared than me and fled in an instant. So if death is nothing to fear, as I just explained, then love certainly shouldn't be feared either. That's a given. I find it interesting that she says she fears love because honestly that's the one thing she need not fear. At the end of the day, at the end of the life, love will be all that ever matters. Forget what you hear, where you go, what you do, forget money, status, fear, and foes. Hate is the disease, love is the cure. I swear to God, I put that on my soul. Fear is a sickness, I refuse to be infected. So when she tells me she's scared to love too much, and that's why she doesn't want to see me, I don't feel rejected. Nor do I feel disrespected, nor respected, nor neglected, nor accepted. Actually, I don't feel anything except acceptance. I just accept it, because that's exactly how conditioning is set up. I swear it seems like there's a conspiracy that makes us lovers not love anymore. Because just when you think you've found someone you can truly trust, they leave you all alone, abandoned, cast in doubt, curled up on the floor, in the fetal position, wishing they never appeared. Or you do the same thing to them, the tables are turned, and you do it without even seeing that it occurred. Maybe Cupid has devil horns. Maybe he is more demon than angel. Maybe he has two sides just like the rest of us. Maybe it might be better to just be alone than be entangled. Maybe love isn't all it's cracked up to be. Maybe it's just an abstract fable. But maybe, just maybe, only love is the only thing real. And everything else is an illusion. Maybe love is true liberation. Maybe it's the relinquishing of all fears. Maybe love is the opposite of entangled. Maybe love is within us all. So maybe your true love is right here. Here. In this heart of mine. Yeah, it's damaged, but I'll manage. Seriously. With you by my side, we'll be just fine. So maybe true love was right here all along. Maybe it was 
here the whole time. But if true love is omnipresent and it's also all that matters, then why does it always hurt so much all the freaking time? Yeah, love hurts. Yeah, Cupid can be such a nefariously obnoxious bastard, especially when he shoots his arrow penetrating your defenses, hits his mark, and stings your heart as it punctures. You're upset. The hurt is intense. The effect affects for sure. But hey, even then, it's certainly better than this lonely nonsense that's awkward. So upwards and onwards until love conquers. Forty-six. Such a beautiful proposal. Izzy is. She's so absolutely beautiful. She's such a passion magnet that even though I know she cannot be owned, I still want to call her mine so that anytime I want it, I can have it. Our time together is so priceless and precious that I don't want to take even a single moment for granted. She's so humble that even though she is all-powerful, she doesn't know it. She's the most modest, hottest goddess I've ever witnessed. So when she lets me in, I take my time and take the chance and hope that I don't blow it. She's everything I've ever wanted. We have the best love we've ever made. If she'd accept my proposal, I'd propose to her this very day. I'd get on my knees right here and now and ask for her hand in the ring. I'd give her my word, give her her space, and give her my name. I am so down for this girl, for her, this player, and even give up the whole game. But none of the what ifs that may happen after even matter because when we're together, everything else vanishes. These words become unheard, irrelevant, meaningless chatter. We become a phenomenon of amorous, rapturous happiness. Whereupon all our wrongs are gone, the only song is laughter, and all that exists is an ambiance of virtuous, everlasting bliss. So soothing as her sea swell, she yells, flooding the lands of this one-man island. Going off without a pause, she digs in her claws, shivering gleefully, delivering repeatedly oceanic orgasms. And as she does, I let go and give up my whole self to her as an offering. I let her have her way with me. We literally make love for hours, uncensored, 
This is not for amateurs or minors. This is grown and sexy, pheromones exercising exciting instincts. This is emotional intelligence, full of courage. This is not for idiots nor cowards. This is sexual healing. This is the real thing. It takes dedication and strength to let ourselves be so open and vulnerable. And after our lovemaking session is done, I straight up propose to her. Fuck it. Run away with me. Let's go all the way. Let's create our own world where we are untouchable. I've got more than enough funds to pay for the whole thing if you're prepared to run away. Seriously, let's create our own kingdom somewhere great. It'll be beautiful. Must have been mistaken. I thought it was wonderful, but to what I've stated, she just turns to me and in our post-sex sweat says, but Aaron, we've just met. I'm not so sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to do something I regret. To which I said, listen, I get it. But please trust yourself. Take a few moments to meditate on it and listen to your soul. Let us hold on to these moments of bliss together. And let's let everything else just go. She's so absolutely beautiful. She's such a passion magnet. Even though I know she cannot be owned, I still want to call her my own so anytime I want to, I can have it. Our time together is so priceless and precious that I don't want to take even a single moment for granted. And that's why I tell her to take a few moments to meditate on my proposal and listen to her soul. And I ask her humbly to let us hold on to these moments of bliss together and just let everything else go. Forty-seven, suicidal narcissist. Fuck you. Fuck you for killing yourself. Seriously. I am so freaking upset. Why do you get to leave? Why do you, you get to escape your pains and regrets instead of having to stay here to help me get through mine? How can you leave me here with all these miseries without you to talk to Forgotten and forlorn, how can you leave me here with all of these tribulations and all these burdens to bear on my own? Seriously, come on. I mean, what the fuck? You're such a selfish, egocentric. Never even considered the pain you leave behind in all of us. That's why when anyone speaks of you with any sympathy, I speak up just to tell them to please just shut the fuck up. I mean, seriously. Fuck you. I absolutely hate that I completely love you. I can't believe you left me. I can't believe you left us all. You're such a coward. 
fraud. You don't deserve to go so soon. You should still be right here with the rest of us, collectively trying to figure this whole mystery called life thing out. Living in this samsara, going through these dramas instead of taking your own life, leaving behind only an aura. In the heat of the moment, leaving me out in the cold, handing down nothing but memories and post-shock trauma. I mean, we're all a bit tortured in this life we live for sure, but that doesn't mean it's right to just abort it. Can't you see that the ones you hurt most are the ones that loved you the most? Is that not important? I mean, how could you be so selfish as to do such a stupid thing? I mean, we're all as depressed as you. You better believe it. Suicide just isn't cool. Don't you know that we stay alive for each other, not for ourselves? living for those that love us that's why suicide not only isn't the move it's straight rude it's literally the most narcissistic thing you could ever possibly do and now even if you regret it you've done it you did it you're now gone forever and all you did by ending it was hurt those that loved you most Plus, even if by some miracle I do see you again in spirit form, how the fuck am I supposed to hug a ghost? Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I hate that I love you so much. I fucking love you, but I hate what you've done. Why did you do such a stupid and selfish thing? What the fuck? Now, even if you're wherever you are in the afterlife, looking back and you regret it. What you've done is irreversible. You can't, it can't be undone. Man. But, but even after all that, all that stupid and selfish things you've done, with suicide being the worst one, I still freaking love you. Even if I absolutely hate what you've done. Reminiscing reminds me of that one time when we were young. And we ran across the freeway high at night. Or that time I rode as you drank and drove hysterically laughing every time you crossed the center line. You crossed all the lines except the most important one. The one where... When you take your life, you're also supposed to take mine. Instead, you left alone. Fine. Fine. I don't know how, but I guess I'll manage and get by. Remember the time? We were kids growing up, sneaking outside, drinking too much, and throwing it up. Now you're gone and I regret and despise what you've done so much and I'm hoping at your funeral no one's showing up what the fuck look where we're at now you've gone ahead and gone off to a better place but I'm still stuck here in this collective mess that we both made and I'm screaming through these tears no amount of shouts is going to bring you back. And it, and it hurts. It hurts more than can possibly be described. And no, no one's sympathies have had any sort of soothing effects. 
How could you leave me like this? You must have never actually loved me in the first place to do what you did. At least not as much as you said you did. Or obviously if you had, you wouldn't have taken your life away from me like this. And from your parents and from your friends as well and from yourself. And fuck, fuck, god damn. Just hurts so bad to spite my arms, I'll cut off my hands so I can't write these malign lines of words anymore. Despite my mouth, I'll cut out my tongue so I can't speak my angry peace anymore. Cut out my throat so I can reunite with you and not have to disappoint anyone on earth anymore. Despite my love, I'll cut out my heart so I don't have to feel anything for anyone anymore. I'll slip my wrist, I'm sick of this. Where's the nearest exit? I'm sick of feeling feelings, especially feelings of being alone. I'm so sick of feeling feelings that sit in the pit of my stomach, which is exactly what I'm feeling now and have every day since you've gone. You've gone. And you left without even saying goodbye. You left me with nothing but fears and regrets. Night terrors that come to me all too often in the nighttime. Remorseful mornings filled with mourning and unanswerable questions like, what if, just what if and why? And even though you might have taken only your own life, you have to realize that inside, when you left me, I also died. Why? Why, oh why, did you have to be so fucking selfish, leaving me here alone on this earth, feeling fed up and helpless? Fuck you. Fuck you for fucking killing yourself. Seriously. I am so freaking upset. Why do you get to leave? Why do you get to escape all your pains and regrets? Instead of having to stay here to help me get through mine. How can you leave me here with all these miseries without you to talk to, forgotten and forlorn? How can you leave me here with all these tribulations and all these burdens to bear on my own? How can you leave me here all alone like this? The only thing I can think is that you must have never actually loved me in the first place to do something as terrible as this. Because even though you're in a casket, I'm still here. Left bare with these burdens to bear that I'm buried in. I'm the one that has to hold your mother when she grieves. I'm the one that has to wear this cross and continue to carry it. The one that has to stay strong, providing a shoulder to lean on when our friends break down and get depressed again. Because you not only left me, but you also left all of them. such a coward such a suicidal narcissist so no no sympathy for me at all for what you did selfish act to commit how would I forgive you for such selfishness 
I'm still hurt and upset. No, I'm not ready to forgive. No, I'll never forget. It's gonna take a long time before what you did finds forgiveness. Such a coward. Didn't you have enough courage before you did it to look me in the eyes and say goodbye, hug me one last time before you took your life away and took my heart away along with it? So forget it. Good riddance. And fuck you for killing yourself. I'm so upset. So no. Nope. No forgiveness for you at all. Because you're nothing but a suicidal narcissist. Forty-eight Sunday fun days. Louis Martini Cabernets, two pools with bikini-clad babes making waves. The newest actors acting amazed, plotting the next craze. Producers sipping martinis, choosing whose careers get made. Dudes who make dreams come true like genies free and slaves under palm tree shade at one of Beverly Hills' hottest estates. Who's who? Music movers making deals and beats on the spot as we move through the blue to connect the dots like K-Dot. This is the good life. All fact, no fiction. That's right. I'll back with new addition and some new additions. Passing the light like Sean Paul got it all and then some. Just give me the light and pass the draw. Plus another bottle of mo. No superstitions. Mole souls. Play-Doh don't play though. Initiate new traditions. Our appetite for Turkish delights is satisfied by fulfilling visions. Powerful enough to also satisfy an appetite for destruction. Don't have that craving for killing but can exercise that option. You do the math. Add it up. We add ads. It's a simple equation. Abundance multiplies exponentially. Triumph at every occasion. Laughing all the way to the bank. LMFAO. We're elated. Red Foo is here as well with his big hair. Every move's an exclamation. Every day is a celebration. The opposite of isolation. Celebrating with the weekend on a weekend. No limitations or imitations. It's the, the real thing. What a wonderful world. What a wonderful feeling. What an ecstatic sensation. It's just another weekend at a mansion on ambassador ave lads and bands out here with entertainment industry insiders crowds partying loud jacuzzi bubble baths louis martini cabs lift cabs gift bags kickbacks flip cash quick pass flick ash big yams kids crash who's that let me guess isn't he in that one band hotel boutique pretty sweet what a nice pad can i crash day of the week we don't know that all we know is that every day is fun day, from Monday to Sunday, in slow motion, moving forward in the fast lane, 100 yard dash. Cabs, pinos, beehives, and senos, real high casino. Who's that guy? Oh, it's Robert De Niro. Bright lights, long nights, all stars and anti heroes, poets and weirdos. Sunday is fun day, front row at the catwalk, and slow mo, smoking moldro, sipping rose, champagne with poppy on the runway. The whole world is a theater at Shakespeare. I'm not tripping on Broadway, I'm living on God's way. Can't trip with the fly in a two-seater Bentley Benz or Beamer Making bank, no Lloyd Banks, no golf, no par fours Bros named Jorge, no foreplay, no fakes, no bores On course, encore, got horses, no horseplay No false profits, all real profit Please pour more Cabernet No 
hey, no way, only Louis Martini Cabernets plus two beautiful pools, both with bikini-clad bays making waves, and the newest actors acting amazed, plotting the next craze, producers sipping martinis, choosing whose careers get made, dudes whose make dreams come true like genies free and slaves under palm tree shade at one of beverly hills hottest estates with a who's who and music movers making deals and beats on the spot as we move through the deep blue to connect all the dots like a young k dot all real no fake told you before i'll tell you it again we really live that life for freaking real. We got it all made. 49, sunglasses, bathrobes, and sarongs. Posted in a garden restaurant at my villa, chilling like a villain with a charming babe. Overlooking all of Sion Ridge here in Bali, haven't got it all figured out quite yet, but I've still got it totally made. Trying to be conscious of the obnoxious roadblocks without letting them or anything else get in the way. Trying to be productive, taking things one day at a time, letting in the moments and letting things be what they may. Wanting to fill my moments with eventful creations, materialize miracles that'll last a lifetime starting today. Trying to find the meaning and all this nonsense and wondering if you're feeling the same wish i had some relief from these people and all their stress uh, confess i wish these devils would return to wherever they came from what's left what's the hope is gone we're standing on a chair rope on our necks bare and we're starting to feel the strain and then some and all we want is someone to say that they care see our struggles are aware and tell us they feel our pain son where have we gone we don't know where we are all we know is we've gone way way too far away on a road with no name and we're out there exposed nothing but some sunglasses and a bathrobe style sarong on on the ride of a lifetime that we can't get off until we die but i guess that's just the way it goes so i keep it moving along nothing but some sunglasses and a bathrobe style sarong on still battling a lifelong depression but somehow still feeling great a lot on my mind but not a lot of time things move too fast trying to fast for a cleanse so i can cleanse my palate but i still have a lot on my plate eating a bowl of dragon fruit with cashews and mango just trying to find a piece of peace in this world it's a mad world and she's asking me so many questions that's starting to sound like an interview and i'm just trying to have a bit of a fruit feast before i fast in order to cleanse and detoxify but she just keeps on bothering me with questions like an interview and i don't know why and i tell her please stop it seriously enough with the questions to wish she gets offended undeservingly and defends with I'm only asking you because I want to get to know you better I don't have any bad intentions ruffled she finally gives me my space and goes off to start chasing a dragonfly across the ridge she goes and vanishes just above the sunrise I guess we all go eventually 
Not surprised, can't take a moment with any love for granted. And then I'm left alone again, once again, to work on my masterpiece on that ridge. Same old dancing song, still nothing on, but some sunglasses and a bathrobe style sarong posted in a garden restaurant at my villa, chilling like a villain with a charming babe, overlooking all of Sion Ridge and Bali. Haven't figured it all out quite yet, but I do know that I've got it totally made. <laughs> hey. Fifty. Tea with Yoda. Having a tea ceremony with Yoda in a pagoda. They say life's a ladder. He says it's more like a totem. Trying to make ends meet for ends meet by exceeding every expectation as well as meeting all the quotas. Trying to make my six senses see clear as my mentors uh, sensei with stressless sensibilities yet infinite responsibilities. He's a mature mixture of past scriptures and vast futures, the perfect fusion to provide ideal solutions effectively, to dispel all of the confusing illusions that currently occur so that my six senses can align and make sense of it as well as see clearly. And that's exactly why I'm grateful he's my mentor. I clear my mind when I enter his temple and listen attentively. Only with a clear mind can you not be distracted from what goes on internally so that you can hear all of the messages clearly. He's Mr. Miyagi, Professor X, Stefan Miles, Morpheus, Gandalf, Splinter, and Obi-Wan all rolled into one. His composition and composure is awesome, no competition, so when class is in session, I make sure to be attentive and calm, free from all pre-existing trivial distractions and any other detracting going-ons. Attempting to not take meetings, yet people keep calling, but phone's off so I don't see nor take note of the notifications. I just go off like a boat on the edge of Niagara with no motor. Got expensive tastes, life's great though, no time to be wasting. Gotta find a way to keep speed without delay and without haste, because patience is key, but time won't keep waiting. So I stay totally out of touch with the clubs and the whole scene. So focused, I don't even notice those outdated, overblown cokeheads. Lights so bright that I'm always getting it in even when I go out. Light always burns, but never burns out even at its lowest. Heard them mention a question, but didn't return the gesture. Was unsure of their motives, plus the questions sounded loaded. Going all in, out of control, only thing I limit is my exposure. My talents on balance and new balances world on my shoulders. Swear to God, I'm not a rock nor in a hard place, but I do rock ohms on mountaintops complete with boulders. Shout out to Colorado, though. I boast low key, so no bravado. Meanwhile, they're still trying to gain their composure. <laughs> Shoot, you know me. A soul sans ego, a modest, honest Mark Ruffalo Buffalo soldier. 
No need to buy game, already got it in the bag, sewed closed. Custom ordered, others get so close they can smell the rose, but just can't seem to close the deal or get the votes. I suppose that's just the way it goes, and those that really want to know better take notes and take notice. Meanwhile, I'm relaxed, shoes off, spine upright, chakras aligned, I'm aligned in that pose known as the Lotus. Having a tea ceremony with Yoda in a pagoda. Yeah, they say life's a ladder, but he says it's more like a totem. Okay, that was uh, that was part six, part six of the audio journey of the Hollywood Hills trilogy, volume three, uh, dark lights and bright shadows. And again, the soundtrack was by Charles the First. Um, it was the entire last album played in its entirety um, that he made uh, shortly before he passed away um you know and left this earth uh yeah um you know it's people want to memorialize people once they've passed but it's important that we you know memorialize them and show them our appreciation while they're still here on earth you know so yeah i guess we'll just leave with um this thought right here, which is um, if there's somebody out there that you love, let them know, show them appreciation. Uh, you know, tell them, tell them how much you care about them and let them know the things you love about them um, while you can. Because, uh, you know, life is a, a brief, magical moment um, of existence. So, yeah, appreciate yourself, appreciate others. Um, I appreciate you. Um, Thank you. I'm always here for you. You can always reach out to me at any time. And uh, yeah, be good out there. Um, I'll see you back here for uh, part seven. Okay, that's all. Peace and love.